am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fake Ritual, a fool's guide to pop culture and the occult. I am your host, Lucas Sloppy, and with me today, she is the co-host of Queens of NC-17, it's Iana Isabel. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show, fellow cancer. Ooh, the good kind, though. Yes, yeah. The I fun actually, kind. I actually said that, uh, I'm glad you... Put it that way because I brought up to my fiance Erica the other day. I was like, "Oh yeah, Iana's a cancer," and she was like, "Oh my god, what what kind does she have? Like that one that everyone's getting?" I was like, "What?" Yeah, it's actually it's um, terminal. Yeah, and I am a constant bitch, and I feel bad about everything, yeah. but I can't tell you. Yeah, same. So, and I'm super yeah. like, do not even joke with me too harshly because I will think about oh, it. I'll cry. Yes. Yeah, I'll never get over it and I will cry myself to sleep. So this well, should be fun. Well, uh, try not to get too emotional as you tell me about the podcast and tell the listeners at home about Queens of NC-17. For sure. Um, so Queens of NC-17 is myself and my best friend Andy Strega. Um, we have been friends and bonded over horror very early in our knowing of each other. And so we get together weekly. Um, that is our goal, at least. Obviously, life gets in the way sometimes. We're just humans. But we get together weekly. Uh, we pick a film between generally the 70s and the early 2000s. We walk you through it. We talk shit. We have a good time. So a very informal hangout session with two gals who love blood and guts. Yeah, and I can attest it's great. It's two different kinds of great when you know the film you guys are talking about. I recently yes. listened to the Urban Legend episode, which is a favorite <laughs> of mine as far as like just shitty 2000 screen ripoffs. So I had a it great time just like, oh, I remember that part. I remember that part. I remember that part. And then I've listened to other ones where it's like, I have no clue what you're talking yeah. about. But this, I listened to your guys... Uh, crossover with uh neon brainiacs the yes. other pittsburgh-based horror movie podcast on yes, what was yes. that what was that movie uh which one we've done a couple with them with the uh basketball head explosion oh jesus we just did that uh, it's a wes craven film it's one of his lesser known films wow that's embarrassing <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a, well you guys cover a lot of movies so that we right do. there is proof positive of it but continuing on that track and before we get to our Lovely, lovely uh, topic. October is coming up. Halloween is coming up. And uh, between your podcast and today's topic, I just wanted to see, you know, if you have any fun October Halloween plans coming up or any maybe movies on the radar. 
Oh, well, I try and watch at least two or three horror movies a week. Um, That's not an exaggeration between the podcast and just my personal interests. I always have something that I'm going to be watching. Um, But October is, my friends refer to it as, my friends who don't care the same way as I do, refer to it as High Holy Month for me. And they kind of know to just don't plan anything with me because I will be following my spirit. I will be following the mood. I will be going to every and anything that moves me and excites me. So after like, you know, first year kind of feeling a little bit less terrified by the state of the pandemic. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about the prospect of going to some small gatherings, getting to actually commune with other ghouls. Um, but I don't know what they are yet. So I'm very excited to see what pops up how about you you got anything on the calendar same here i try to do the uh you know like 31 movies in 31 days i try to be lenient you know if i gotta double up on one day uh that's just always fun to kind of like see what different movies i can watch some classics some ones i haven't seen just to get in that vibe and then we might be throwing a halloween party i'm not sure uh but yeah again i'm kind of like you as well i like the whole vibe of it so i don't really want to like pin myself down to anything, you know, in case something really, really exciting comes up. But speaking of Halloween, we're talking the resident queen of Halloween herself. It is Elvira, mistress of the dark, horror host, uh, movie star, dancer, singer, uh, all around. Yeah, the whole package. Uh, But yes, we're talking Elvira, mistress of the dark, and I would hope the listeners are familiar with her, but before we re-familiarize them with her tell me a little bit about your relationship to her you know maybe just like what she means to you when you found out about her and then you know uh just yeah why she's so important to you yeah absolutely so i um for me personally Ironically, I grew up in a small town outside of Kansas City. Um, Elvira was born in a small town in Kansas. So um, maybe people talked about her more in my neck of the woods than Mm. in other areas. I don't know if that's true. But she was a um, naughty, forbidden um, piece of iconography that I I remember seeing for the first time at a liquor store. So they would have the, (laughs) the cutouts of her. She had a campaign that she did with I don't even remember if it was Bud Light or Budweiser, you know. Some... I believe it was Coors. Was it Coors? Yes. Oh, that is right. I do remember it now. So she, um, there were full-size cutouts of her, mm-hmm. and they would only bring them out at Halloween time. And I remember, I can't I can't remember. I'm sure if I did some math, I could figure out how old I was. But I want to say, like, pre-pubescent or on the cusp of puberty. Mm-hmm. And I saw the cutout, and I was like, I do not know what that is. But I want it. I I want to be it. I want to know it. I want to be with it. I like it just it it turned something on inside of me that I didn't fully understand. But from that moment on, I was just like the image was burned into my mind. That was the um, epitome of female sexuality Mm -hmm. and beauty and everything I wanted to grow into. And it was kind of sealed in my brain at that moment and i started seeking her out from there on yeah it's so interesting that you say that because when i was trying to think of my introduction to elvira i literally couldn't mm-hmm. because to me she always felt like she was always there right like i'd see her on tv and this occurred to me today as well her appearances uh 
had a very public access vibe to them, at least when I'd see, you know, an introduction to her movie macabre or whatever she was advertising her on a red couch with kind of like grainy video. So I don't even think as a kid, I was sure, is this like a national character? Is this some, is this a local like horror host? I didn't know what was going on, but she was always there. And then just like, as I grew older and like realized, you know, the, the grand nature and just kind of like the all over the place uh, pop culture phenomenon of her. It just like made perfect sense because much like you, it was kind of in line with like me realizing how much I liked spooky stuff and horror stuff and Halloween. And she always existed as just kind of this, Oh, whoa, you can do it like loudly. Loudly. Yeah. And she, she also was um, because her whole character was this kind of Valley girl. Mm -hmm. It was, it was um, not what you were expecting, right? Like goth to me at that point in my life in the nineties was a very dark. We don't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. We smoke cigarettes behind the mall and we want nothing to do with the general population. And she was the exact opposite. She was so vibrant while also being this goth icon, I just like she she made my gears turn and I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just wanted to consume anything she was connected to. Yeah, if we're going to be coming back to anything on this episode, as far as just getting to really the root of what makes Elvira magic, I think it is that exactly what you said. The fact that she looks spooky is obviously into spooky things like horror movies yeah, uh, and monsters and everything. But the words out of her mouth and her entire attitude is just like, just like you wouldn't, you could close your eyes and you wouldn't picture this goth looking girl. Exactly. I I think it's freeing because like you're saying, sometimes it's tiresome, especially when you meet people like that. Now, you know, being a little older and not feeling like you have to go down that goth path of, uh, you know, brooding. It's really, it can be upsetting to see someone that just kind of can't break through and has to just always be dark when, like, you know that, you know, there's part of them that just, like, wants to smile. <laughs> everything everything is a spectrum, and I think the, the best part about where we are in the world right now is understanding that. I feel like as a kid, you, you had to choose kind of which path you were going, where you're going to be, and there were much fewer. There, it yeah, was that's deep. true. Do you want to be the preppy kid? Yeah. Do you want to be the academic kid? Do you want to be the alt kid? And like you kind of had to pick and then your personality traits were predetermined for you, yeah. right? It's like I choose this path and therefore this is who I am. And so I think she also by being very um like sex positive yes. and very confident in that and not ashamed and yes. not making I was just like my whole brain was just like rattled up like wait these things can all exist at yeah. the same time I I love it and I I couldn't comprehend but I knew it was different and that was what really turned me on to it fuck yeah oh I'm so excited but this is a good time for us to yes. take a little break and then when we come back I'm going to talk with you Fiona Isabel about uh who Elvira is and what makes her so absolutely magical You know, the weirdest things happen to me, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I mean, here I am stocking up for Halloween. I got my steak, got my ribs. Then when I ask the stock boy where the Coors Light is at, he points me to the Coors and Coors Light Halloween display, and I'm on it. (laughs) 
And we are back with Yana Isabel talking Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And I guess now we can kind of pull back a little bit from our gushing over our love of this Queen of Halloween and try to tell people, you know, from a point of view of maybe that don't know who she is, who she is. So I'm going to put the pressure on Iana. Tell us who Elvira is. I, I... I have never seen TV or movies before. Tell me who Elvira is. So Elvira is a horror movie hostess. And I think for people of a certain generation, they very much remember the movie host. And people of another generation will have no idea what we're talking about. But there were a number of sometimes low budget, sometimes just um, like public domain films that existed. And... Cable access channels would fill time slots by playing these movies that they didn't have to pay for the rights to show them, and they needed a way to break it up for television, and so they would introduce these characters. Generally, um, they were male characters, and they would have some very haunted house kind of energy about them, very theatrical makeup, um, a big persona, and they would make cheesy jokes, and they would introduce you to and walk you through the film and it would be kind of an edited abbreviated version of the film so that they could fit it into the television time slot and Elvira um, originally her show was meant to be hosted by Vampira and um, they they got everything underway everything was scheduled to happen and then she dropped out um, and she didn't want to be a part of the project anymore and so Elvira Cassandra Cassandra Peterson. Um, She was an actor at the time. She was trying to find her niche. She had done go-go dancing and she had been in shows in Vegas and she had like always had a knack for entertainment um, but hadn't found her groove in Hollywood. And so this was like a very small gig for her. Um, she worked with a friend to come up with a costume. They had to be very sensitive because there were um, legal implications about mm-hmm. doing a show so similar to Vampira's character. And in fact, I believe it did go to court. Um, yes. and, and And the settlement was decided that even though she resemb- the character is similar, she's not pretending to be her, and therefore they they could get away with it. Well, as I've heard it best put, is like, well, Vampire is just kind of a ripoff of uh, Morticia Adams. Exactly. Anyway, so like, yes. all horror hosts in general are some ripoff of some existing character yeah and all art as well all art is is a copy of a copy of a copy and so yeah luckily that didn't stop the show from being made and and so elvira began yeah that too speaking to what we were saying earlier vampira is a character as well that is spooky in her like and how she speaks, how she carries herself. Yes. It's kind of this eerie, you know, long distance stare, like fingers up like a vampire character. Yeah, more Victorian kind of energy. Yeah. And then uh, Elvira is this Valley Girl character, which she perfected when she, after her go-go dancing days, after her Vegas showgirl days, uh, after her time living in Europe, 
she came back to LA and yeah, was in the Groundlings, the like famous right. uh, improv troupe, with, along with the likes of Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, yes. and the late Phil Hartman. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, yeah, her a, a recurring character of hers was this Valley Girl type character that the, I don't know if you remember the LA station that discovered no. her. It was just some local station yeah. that was trying to replace yeah. Sinister Seymour was their right. horror host. Uh and they just liked her Valley Girl character, which is crazy that they were like, we're looking for a horror host. That Valley Girl character were due, but... but And she had not depicted, when she did the character, she would use the character in obviously many different scenes, but I think aesthetically she had a more traditional Valley Girl kind of presence. Cassandra is very well known for her long, gorgeous red hair. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was more um, in line with the character she played. So it was actually... The the show required the makeover, and her friend group kind of just threw this together, threw this idea together of what a horror hostess would look like. And it became so iconic, it never changed. She never changed it. Totally. To this day. Yeah, let's just keep going with the, like, what, I'm trying now, you know, we know who she is, because you did a great right. job there. I, I just let you go, because I was like, you're giving <laughs> us all the bullet points. I'm checking things off on my Perfect. list. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, just what makes that character so magical? I mean, funny, sexy, spooky is really like the heart of it. Uh, I would say self-deprecating too. And I that think... self-deprecating nature. She, yeah, she's not. No one can like make fun of her or even like objectify her before she's already doing those things herself. Which and is that also is something. That is the greatest power. Yeah, yeah, it truly yeah. is. I feel. Are you, I mean, I guess we're both cancers, so that's yes. kind of our shtick. It's like, that's if I make fun of me, they can't get to me. I've literally taught my child that because yeah. because the world is such a cruel place. And mm-hmm. because people are so vile, it's like you, you, you have many choices to make as you walk through it. But the technique of if I make fun of myself for being a clown, when you call me a clown, it that punch doesn't land. Like, okay, yeah. and what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, bullies will get very bored making fun of someone who just agrees with all the insults they throw exactly. at them. Exactly. just move yeah. on. <laughs> move on. You think I'm a good target, but actually it's like punch and sand. Good luck. I don't know. There's just no one like Elvira in that she is an icon, but like you had to tell the listeners who Elvira was yes. in like a few paragraphs. Yeah. Because you can't really just say like, oh, she's a horror host. Right. You it need that backstory. Yeah, you need that color to be able to fully appreciate who she is. I mean, Pee-wee's kind of, and, and it makes sense yes. that her and Paul Rubens are so close and have always been so close because the Pee-wee character is is very similar in nature. I mean, totally different flavor, but like yeah. the same kind of, um, you know, humble beginnings, self-made, built this empire in, in a genre that existed, but not in the way that he made it. And it really wasn't meant to be children's entertainment. Yes, that too. And um, But it just was so wholesome accidentally that yeah. that it appealed to, to, to families at large. And, and so I think there is, I mean, I think it maybe is telling about our age. Also, I don't know how yeah. old you are, Lucas, but I just turned 39 this year. 34. Okay, so there's a little bit of a gap, but I think like our generation, um, we had fewer people to look up to. 
uh, we had less access yeah. to the world. Um, and that's not to take anything away from her, but I think when we saw somebody that shared our interests, didn't belittle them, um, gave them a platform acknowledging that they had value, um, but also could be playful and could be successful. And, you know, they to see someone who we could see ourselves in in some ways or our interests at the very least, I think that that is how you endear an audience to be lifelong fans. And yeah. she nailed it. And we can also uh, attest to the fact that horror fans are, like, notably loyal yes. and... Uh, just very like fun loving at the same time. You'd think from my experience with horror fans, like it doesn't even matter what background they come from, whether they're like conservative or liberal or whether they're like punks or just like, you know, Joe Schmo, regular people at home. Yeah. Like horror really does bring people together. Just like exchanging favorite monsters, yeah. and, you know, like favorite scenes and everything. And I feel like Elvira kind of like at least maybe jumpstarted that in me or showed me that that's, that is, like a hobby you can have, yeah. especially when you add in the B movie aspect right. in that part of like, no, it is fun to watch bad movies. And there's a so, never ending supply. That was the other yes. thing. It was, it was not just these blockbusters that you're hearing about. There's so much film out there. If you're interested, you have to go look for it. And again, like the accessibility of that from her era versus now, so people can't even imagine like how much effort it took, but it also like the discovery of those films. So if Elvira's hosting a movie and you're not seeing the whole film, you're just seeing this like edited version, mm-hmm. you're then turned on to that title and you can go seek it out. Now you can go find that title and you can show it to your friends and be like, check out this crazy monster movie I found mm-hmm. from 1963. And they're excited because they've never heard of it. Like she was that cool kid who had the inside scoop on mm, yes. that rare take and she was sharing it freely where there was a lot of gatekeeping around like ah, yes. cool knowledge she was just like here is free info and look at my tits and we all did and we all did we all did well this is a perfect spot to take a break because when we come back Iana Isabel I have a little quiz for you oh boy oh boy uh, and we're gonna get into some of those movies that she showcased we'll be right back I don't think we need to resort to name-calling. I think what Calvin is trying to say is that this Elvira is a person of easy virtue, a purveyor of pulchritude, a one-woman Sodom and Gomorrah, if you will, a slimy, slithering succubus, a concubine, a streetwalker, a trap, a slut, and she born! And we are back, and, uh... Before we get to the quiz, Iana, let's talk a little bit about Elvira's movies. Okay. Uh, yeah, just kind of tell the listeners at home, you know, whether you recommend them or not, and maybe just like what to expect. Oh, so Mistress of the Dark is is an absolute like classic. Yes. Um, I think everyone should absolutely see that. It is streaming on multiple services right now. I imagine even more of them will make it available as spooky season approaches. So keep an eye out for that. But it is a classic tale. I mean, I, I don't have the date in front of me. Was that, what was that, like 89? 88, my birthday. 88. 
Okay. So um, it is just such a time capsule of mm-hmm. filmmaking in that moment, the way the story is told. It is cheesecake. It is um, Hollywood backlot kind of mm-hmm. energy. It is the town hates hates Elvira. I mean, I don't want to get too detailed into the plot, but Elvira is incredibly self-possessed, and she is not a horror movie hostess. She is a full-fledged, like, human being yeah. in the world. Yeah. It's a, the horror hostess, even though she is a horror hostess as her career, it's it's a little strange. Speaking again, it's much like Pee-wee. Like, in Pee-wee's yes. Big Adventure, you're like, what an odd citizen. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but we don't spend time on it, and no. I kind of love that. Like, I mm-hmm. love a story where it's like, they're like, this is your character, yep. and moving on. And mm-hmm. You don't have an opportunity to really deal with reality Nowadays, too much. Nowadays, they make it like, oh, well, we got to show, you know, the backstory of well, you know, the yeah, gritty the realism. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Abuse. the abuse that made her loathe society to this level that she would present herself in such a uh-huh. way. Um, but instead, she's just a, an actress who's looking for her big break, and she finds out she has an inheritance in this tiny town, and of course, this tiny town is every tiny town from every tiny movie, especially of that era, where they are just shocked by mm-hmm. the appearance of anyone outside of their very morally focused uh, environment. Oh, yeah, they all have like funny names like Chastity Pariah and yes. The Meekers, like yes. all these different like plays on... Yeah timid folk it's not very subtle um it's a little heavy-handed and and for that i love it it is elvira is camp right like that is her brand and so if you can appreciate camp with a spooky storyline a couple hunks a lot of bad one-liners it is uh a nearly perfect film of that variety yeah and just you know uh being a little short on time and yeah. that, and that movie is the one to see if you yes. like that movie i would check out her 2001 uh her second movie she did elvira's haunted hills yes but definitely check out the first movie the second one just you know you get more elvira so it's at least worth watching from that perspective but it Absolutely. is a movie made in 2001 it so. is made in 2001 take it or leave it yeah uh, but all right, time for our quiz. And I have used this format before. We call it Whose Tagline Is It Anyway? Very clever Very naming clever. on my part. Uh, don't sue me, Drew Carey or uh, Colin Mockery. But uh, what I have here is five taglines from okay. five movies that uh, were featured on Elvira's Movie Macabre. Uh, specifically, I think her 80s run, because I think she brought it back in the 2000s. She did, yeah. But we have here three taglines and then three movies that the tagline could be from. One is the correct movie. Two are movie names I made up, which also may very well be movie (laughs) names, because I'm pretty proud of some of these. Amazing. Uh, But all right, so basically, you got to get three. You get three out of five, and you win. If you don't win, uh, that's... Definitely, definitely okay. But I'll maybe. be burned in the town square. You'll be burned in the town square. Yes, I okay, mean, that's perfect, as perfect, that's perfect. as okay as it is. But uh, are you ready, Fiona? Isabel? I am ready. Sweet. All right. Tagline one. He thought of a million ways to kill, and he wanted to try them all. Is this the tagline two? A. The devil made me do it. B. Crazed. Or C. Psychic killer. Mm. I'm going to guess B, 
crazed? Uh, 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 wrong. Oh, it oh, is C, Psychic Killer. Oh, it's a great title. Mental patient Arnold Masters, hospitalized for a murder he did not commit, learns astral projection from a fellow inmate. Upon his release, Arnold uses his new powers to bump off the people he holds responsible for his arrest, his mother's death while he was imprisoned, and for the price of meat. <laughs> Which, from 1975, I'm like... You had me at astral projection. <laughs> yeah, really. I didn't need anything else, but I appreciate it. Yeah. And I, again, I, uh, people already don't know. I try to pick the movies that at least have some sort of occult, you know, yes. aspect to them. Uh, all right. Number two. So got to get you on the board here. Okay. 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 You can feel them in your blood. Is this the tagline to A, contamination, B, brain sick, or C, Diagnosis, death. Oh, I feel like it's unlikely you would put the winner in the C spot twice in a row. But I really like that title. It so I'm going to roll the dice. Oh. Wrong. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Should have trusted my instinct. I think you're starting to see, like, if I feel like probably pick the dumbest sounding name because this one was <laughs> Contamination. From 1980. Okay. Oh, that was my first instinct. I should have trusted myself. Uh, this is, I love synopsis, synopses that are run on sentences. So yes. I'm going to get this in one breath. Okay. A former astronaut helps a government agent and a police detective track the source of mysterious alien pod spores filled with lethal flesh dissolving acid to a South American coffee plantation controlled by alien pod clones. Obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd see it. I'd oh, see yeah. It it's on the list. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, these are definitely very, I can see, I'm already trying to think of like just Elvira watching these movies. Yeah. Uh, and I, the jokes. Yeah. The jokes. But all right. Okay. Got to get you on there. You got three more and you got to get all of these right. But, okay. Oh, that man. feels likely. Yeah. Feels likely. <laughs> I, I told you these quizzes were easy, but I lied. I tried to make it easy, but maybe whose tagline is it anyway? It's just too hard a game. You know what? I think that you've built a very good game and I'm just not very good at it. Wow, so don't you. knock yourself down. I'm still having fun. And that's the most important part. I just am glad I looked up Diagnosis Death is a real movie. I it's, had made okay. it up, but it is the name of a real movie. It's a good name. From it's the 2000s, though. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I changed my tone. All right. Uh, three more here, and these ones are pretty good. All right. Hell hath no fury like a sorceress scorned. Is this A, murder magic, B, cry of the banshee, or C, lady evil? Oh, they're all so good, and I want to see them all. Murder magic? Wrong. Fuck, man. I am just floundering over here. But I'm, I I made up some great names. Like, I need to go I into just the movie naming business. <laughs> that's what you should take away from this, is that you are too good at fake okay. names. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, Lady Evil is just a Dio song, is a Ronnie James Dio song. Uh, <laughs> yes. So it's B, Cry of the Banshee. Cry of the Banshee. Okay. All right. Uh, it really could have been any of those. There wasn't an obvious winner there. Yeah. In 17th century England, Lord Whitman wages unending war on what he sees as the ever-present scourge of witchcraft, and many local villagers have suffered at his hands. But one victim uses her occult powers to curse his family, enlisting unknowing help from one of the household. Maybe, yeah, fuck and yeah. I'm like, that sounds like, that's like Elvira's, that's what should have been the sequel to Mistress of the Dark, you know. Or, and even Haunted Hills is kind of set in, like, 
a castle. So yeah, hmm, maybe she, maybe that movie inspired her because she maybe. she did watch that. So huh. she at least made a couple inappropriate jokes while it played. I'm also like at the a, bare minimum. I don't know if they know what a banshee is because I'm like I don't hear anything <laughs> in there about like an undead like unrestful spirit. But what are you gonna do? See, see, All they right. should have consulted you first. We're lowering the bar here. If you get one of these right. You're oh the winner, <laughs> and you're on the wall of winners that I don't have yet, but I'll have to make uh, if you ever find yourself in my house. I'm uh, also totally happy to be on the wall of losers. So, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, so Elvira would be down with that sort of outlook. But all right, <laughs> two more here. All right. A demon spirit of madness and murder holds a California town in the grip of terror. Mm. Is this A, the Brotherhood of Satan, B, California screaming, or C, the devil's playthings? Ooh, I'm going to go with C, the devil's playthings. No. Son of a goddamn bitch. <laughs> God damn it all to hell. Oh, it's the Brotherhood of Satan. Okay, that I, was my first instinct too. But isn't... Uh, California screaming. There has Why to be a movie that called that. There has to be a movie called that. You know that. what? At the bare minimum, it'd be a great, like, uh, like short film. Yes. Or like a Psycho Billy rock album type. Oh, it, it know, may be. Of Mamas it and Papas be. covers. <laughs> uh, but this, this synopsis is one of the better of the five. A family is trapped in a desert town by a cult of senior citizens who recruit the town's children to worship Satan. Fuck yeah! <laughs> that just sounds like Florida. For real, wow. You are right, Florida. Right there. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. But I was like, man, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm like, that sounds cool to me. Like, you're not gonna have to convince me twice. Like, here, take my kids. Like, you know, their aunt's trying to get them to go to church. I'd much rather have them learning about the devil. Yeah, at least they can help me out around the house. Seriously. Uh, but I could see. I can only imagine the jokes that that Elvira made pertaining to like senior citizen occult worshipers uh yeah it's almost it's almost more fun to imagine like filling in those blanks without hearing her actual jokes yeah because... hers are too quick they're like her and the crypt keeper from yeah. like from tales from the crypt are just you have to like rewind it sometime to be like oh that's what the joke is like she hit me with too many but She's all right a pro. you got to get this last one it's okay? not looking good lucas i gotta be honest she walks in terror, stilled with fright, a trail of fear to fill the night. Ooh, is I'm this... updating my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> right? Is this A, walking after midnight, B, mother noose, or C, Jennifer? Okay, we're going mother noose. God damn it! It's C, Jennifer. Why would it be Jennifer? Why would it be Jennifer? <laughs> because it's stupid. Yeah, but so is Mother yeah, News. Yeah, Mother News. I was like, damn, I'm That's really stretching with that one. <laughs> no way! I loved it. Look, didn't I pick yours every you single did. time? You did. I'm like, okay. Because I love the titles. I need to, like, because the titles you picked. These. We yes. need to make some short films. Crazed. Yes. Diagnosis. Death. Yes. Murder. Magic. Mm-hmm. The Devil's Playthings, and Mother Noose. This is a box set I will buy. For real. Uh, yeah. So Jennifer from 1978, an ostrac ostracized at a snooty private school because of her rural poor background, a scholarship student is tormented to the point where her only remaining recourse is revenge, using the only method she knows, her psychic control over snakes. 
Oh shit. Oh, uh, it's okay. always a girl named Jennifer. It's always a girl named Jennifer with a snake. But I love it's like Carrie, but control snakes. snakes. <laughs> but not fire. Let's be late way more specific. Snakes. Get him snake. Get him. Uh, all right. You, well, I you said, totally lost. You are the losingest. You are the losingest uh quiz player, game player of fake ritual history. So Hey. That is an honor and a title in it and of is. itself. Biggest so, loser. <laughs> biggest loser. I will be getting myself a trophy for my desk. At work. I think, yeah, Elvira would be, uh, would be proud. I hope so. It's really the only maternal figure I care about what she thinks. And she'd, yeah, make some sort of boob joke because we keep saying biggest. And I keep, I'm like, she makes so many, like, big boob jokes. It's just like, usually just a pause. Like, oh, my biggest loser. (laughs) (laughs) I just think about how she defies gravity with them still to this day. I need to see the structure of the undergarment. I want to understand how she gets them. It is. It's like they're centered and it's the cut of the dress because there's, I think she even, I think it might have been her I saw pointed out. There's bottom cleavage. Yes. It's it's a whole It's like a mirrored. Yeah. It's like a mirrored image. Like you could yeah, see it's it like upside three down. quarters of a titty. Yeah. It's, yeah it is it. really just impressive. Like, it is. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick little break, our last break of the show. But then when we come back, we got uh, just one more, you know, final thought for you guys. So stay tuned. Well, that's about a wrap on Movie Macabre for this time around. The night's still young. The Macabre Mobile's all tanked up. And before they holler last call, I will be too. So, until next week, this is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, leaving you with these pearls of wisdom. It ain't no sin to take off your skin and dance around in your bones. Ow! Oh, yeah, one more thing. Unpleasant dream. Right, and we are back for some, you know, final goodbyes and some final thoughts. Uh, but for you know our final thoughts on Elvira, real quick, Iana, if yes. uh, speaking of horror host, if you had to be a horror host, what would your name be, and what would you look like? Mm, so I thought about this a lot, and as somebody who has always had a like a soft spot for nicknames i always wanted like an alternate personality um and so i was thinking back to the the big list of things that i would like and i i played roller derby um for two big chunks of my life and oh, i that, think <laughs> that was an elvira joke you oh god oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out it's she's channeling me two Big, big chunks of my life. Oh, sorry. That, that's great. Oh, She's man. Just, I'm Perfect. just like totally in my Elvira Too energy big, right heaving now. Chunks big, of my heaving, life. floppy, <laughs> yeah. saggy. Oh, man. All right. Um, yes. Roller Derby. So so my, my first name when I first started Roller Derby um, when I was 20 years old was Abra Cadaver. Oh. And... 
I think that might be Ooh, yeah. a good roller derby. Or I'm sorry, it was a good roller derby name, but I think it might be a good horror hostess. Now, name. would you spell cadaver with a C, or would you put it with a K? No, I spelled it with a C. I okay. did spell it with okay. a C. I actually have the word cadaver tattooed inside my mouth, so okay. I'm already ready. Already, I thought it would be funny if I ever died in a gruesome <laughs> I was just way. Thinking, yeah, yeah, and they looked oh. at my mouth and saw the word cadaver. I thought. I, I guess thought, she's you know, already. Yeah, she was always she, dead. I guess. Yeah, she's just yeah. never been with us. Put her on a pile. <laughs> uh, well, if people haven't listened further, far enough back, I have at least like dabbled in my own horror host uh, character. Yes. And uh, we call him Rufus Gloppy. Okay. He is a stoner occultist. Uh, so it's so definitely... a stretch, a really big stretch. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely was inspired by Elvira because I love the aspect of your spooky in appearance and in style and taste but your personality is just like you know she's a valley girl so it felt like a stoner yeah it's very much a perfect uh, companion yeah but uh i'm still working on the look because it's hard to not just go straight like corpse paint or like grim reaper look so yeah how would abra cadaver maybe circumvent the typical you know morticia ripoff or just lean right in so I think I live in a crossroads of this because I have, um, in some more obvious ways than other, really modeled my look after Elvira. Um, I I had a child when I was 23, and so I hadn't even fully formed as an adult yet. And after that child, I truly like sat down and was like, okay, I'm doing a rebrand. Like, this mm, is my time. Nice. I, am, I, I no longer have to be the person I was, and I get to be whoever I want to be. And so I built the character of myself at that moment. Okay. So I would stick to that. Orange is my color. Yes. Um, and so I envision myself kind of a hybrid between like a Jessica Rabbit and a Elvira look. Oh, yeah. So like it's still a formal gown probably. There might be opera gloves. Yes. The hair is okay. gigantic, but everything is orange. Oh, I love that. Hell yes. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> also, I should mention that I believe Rufus Gloppy might be making a comeback soon. So, listeners, oh, you know, I'm stay excited. tuned for the Halloween season. And now Ooh. that I said it, I guess I have to. Do you it. have to do it uh, unless I edit this out of the show. <laughs> you do have that. Power. Uh, but I guess before we say our goodbyes, any final thoughts on Elvira, Iana? Like, what do you want to leave people with to just like drive the point home that this creature, this being, this woman is, you know, everything we need and more. Yeah, I think that, um, one, I I think there is an opportunity for more horror hosts. So totally. I think that's a medium totally. that has been untapped. And while our generation is making more content now, I think uh, maybe people should uh, reconsider this as a, a model. I think there mm-hmm. are great platforms. This would work great on YouTube. Totally. This could work great yes. on a streaming service. Like, I really think there's a hole for this. And TikTok. if you guys are making it, absolutely. TikTok. There's got to be some hiding out there. Listeners, if if you are one, please send it our way. Send it to us. We want to know. We want to follow you and support you. Um, but the other thing is just the, the uh, all the weird parts of you that people make you feel bad about may be the exact things that give you a career, give you purpose, make you successful. So lean into your weird and find other weirdos who appreciate those parts of you as opposed to trying to quiet them to fit into a culture who doesn't want it. That's perfect. 
That's exactly it. Oh, drop my pen. I was so stunned by <laughs> the point you made. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, uh, how can the fakers follow you? You know, promo time. Yeah, so we keep it pretty streamlined. We are Queens of NC17 on Instagram. We have a website, queensofnc17.com. We're on Facebook. Really, um, Instagram is where we engage with people the most. So I would say come to us there. Um, our podcast feed can be found on pretty much any streaming platform. So please, um, if you're interested in hearing two best friends riff about shitty horror movies that Elvira may or may not have already done, um, give us a follow and also reach out to us because engaging with our listeners is one of our favorite things to do. Awesome. Well, you can uh, also be sure to check out uh, Iana's co-host, Andy Strega's episode she did with Fake Ritual on The Exorcist. So just scroll down a little bit. It should be, you know, not too far down the feed. And also uh, hop on to fakeritual.com. And I wrote a few years back an article about Elvira comparing her to the threefold goddess uh, called Our Lady of Schlock. And, uh, you know, check that out if you like reading. Uh, But otherwise, follow us on Instagram at Fake Ritual. And, you know, hop on and tell us what your horror host name would be. Because there's so many different puns that have yet to be made. Uh, Do it. But it's that time in the show where we wish the fakers a humble go fake yourself. So, Iana, are you ready to send them off? I am as ready as I will ever be. Okay, we'll count it down from three, two, one. Go Go fake yourself.